You're the enabler. You play to every one of his worst instincts. These were the words of Governor Chris Christie, which he spoke to future White House chief strategist Stephen Bannon, according to the book Fear by Bob Woodward. In their conversation, Christie was referring to the way in which Bannon enabled many of the worst instincts of Donald Trump, who, at that point, was still a presidential candidate. However, this identification of Bannon as an enabler is multifaceted. Bannon not only proved to be an enabler of Trump and his vile rhetoric, but he was also an enabler of the accelerationism movement and all of its worst instincts. The accelerationism movement has remained in relative obscurity throughout the past few years. However, it is arguably critical to understanding the Trump administration and many of the social and political movements that emerged from it. It is also certainly plausible to envision the notion that Bannon may have distributed his accelerationist ideas to other individuals working in the Trump administration and influenced them to follow this philosophy. I am Paxton Phillips, and this is Politics with Paxton. According to Zach Beecham in the Vox article titled Accelerationism, the Obscure Idea Inspiring White Supremacist Killers Around the World, it is explained how, quote, FBI Director Christopher Wray reported that the FBI has made as many domestic terrorism arrests in 2019 as it did in all of 2018. And further, that a majority of the domestic terrorism cases that we've investigated are motivated by some version of what you might call white supremacist violence. These killings were often linked to the alt-right, described as an outgrowth of the movement's rise in the Trump era. But many of the suspected killers, from Adam Waffen thugs, to the New Zealand mosque shooter, to the Poland synagogue attacker, are more tightly connected to a newer and more radical white supremacist ideology, one that dismisses the alt-right as cowards, unwilling to take matters into their own hands. It's called accelerationism, and it rests on the idea that Western governments are irreparably corrupt. As a result, the best thing white supremacists can do is accelerate their demise by sowing chaos and creating political tension. Accelerationist ideas have been cited in mass shooters' manifestos, explicitly in the case of the New Zealand killer, and are frequently referenced in white supremacist web forums and chat rooms. Accelerationists reject any effort to seize political power through the ballot box dismissing the alt-right's attempts to engage in mass politics as pointless. If one votes, one should vote for the most extreme candidate, left or right, to intensify points of political and social conflict within Western societies. Their preferred tactic for heightening these contradictions, however, is not voting, but violence. Attacking racial minorities and Jews as a way of bringing us closer to a race war and using firearms to spark divisive fights over gun control. The ultimate goal is to collapse the government itself. They hope for a white-dominated future after that. End quote. This all goes to show that accelerationism is a really despicable ideology that has unfortunately been responsible for many incidents of violence and murder. Beecham's article intriguingly states that Bannon reportedly read accelerationist literature, technically referred to as non-reactionary literature, being an extreme conservative variation of accelerationism. 
This significant fact about the ideologies that Bannon is interested in learning more about seems to speak volumes not only about his role in American politics, but perhaps the entire Trump administration as well. It should be noted that several of the quintessential tenets of accelerationism, interestingly enough, are embraced by Bannon. I posited in my recent podcast episode titled The Chief Strategist that many of the populist belief that Bannon professes to espouse are ones that he does not genuinely believe in. However, I was careful to note in that podcast episode that if there is any belief system that Bannon seems to be a genuine supporter of, it would have to be the destruction of the administrative state. The collapse of the federal government is most certainly not only an element of the accelerationist ideology, but also one that plays a critical role in Bannon's own ideology. As the historian Rob Filipkowski documents in a tweet from August 6, 2022, in a speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference, otherwise known as CPAC, while promoting the notion that Trump may be re-elected for a second term as President of the United States, quote, Bannon says Trump children's book author Cash Patel will be CIA director in second term, and that they will replace 4,000 government workers with sycophants, end quote. When justifying his endorsement of Cash Patel to be in a position as powerful and significant as CIA director, Bannon explicitly stated that, quote, Cash understands the administrative state. This is more than a bureaucracy, right? This is an organic thing that's grown. It has its own courts. It puts its own legislation out in the Federal Register. It has its own enforcement capability. It's an absolute government that must be taken apart, brick by brick. And Cash gave us, Cash showed us how. Axios has been reporting it. Remember, we have 4,000, 4,000 political appointees in any administration. One, roughly 1,000 have to be Senate confirmed, so they're going to take a while. 3,000 can hit the beach day one. In 16, 16, obviously it was a come-from-behind victory. We didn't have this. We didn't have the troops. We didn't, we hadn't really gotten organized like that. But now, you have no excuse. This is why you have all these great think tanks coming up. We're going to have a well-trained cadre of people that will hit the beach day one, and their number one thing is to start taking apart the federal bureaucracy brick by brick. End quote. As recently as the beginning of August of 2022, Bannon has been parroting the accelerationist belief of the destruction of the administrative state. The impact of this ideology on Bannon's contemporaries within the Trump administration is one that I delve very deeply into in my first podcast titled The Destruction of the Administrative State. The podcast details how individuals working within the Trump administration were actually working to destroy the fundamental values and institutions that they had been supposedly chosen to serve. Trump's Environmental Protection Agency administrator, Scott Pruitt, made decisions that negatively affected the environment. Trump's Secretary of Energy, Rick Perry, funneled money into the immoral and formally declining coal industry. Trump's Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, opposed the existence of public education and worked to promote charter and private schools at the expense of public schools. Trump's Secretary of the Interior, Ryan Zinke, shrunk national monuments such as Bears Ears and Grand Staircase. 
This trend of people in positions of power within the Trump administration all working in tandem to deconstruct the very institutions that they were supposed to be serving potentially highlights the underlying transcendence of Bannon's destruction of the administrative state ideology within the Trump administration. This is made doubly intriguing when one considers the fact that destroying the federal government also happens to be one of the primary goals of the accelerationist movement. And regardless of whether Bannon actually genuinely believes that the accelerationism movement will be for the benefit of the United States or not, he knows that it sells political capital. And that, as I highlight in my podcast, The Chief Strategist, seems to be one of the primary motivators of Bannon's actions. Furthermore, the white-dominated future that the accelerationist movement aspires for is also one that Bannon has at the very least condoned. After all, Bannon has condoned very hurtful white supremacist ideologies. According to Unhinged, a book written by Amorosa Manigault Newman, the former director of communications for the Office of Public Liaison in the Trump White House, Newman describes how, quote, I had an interesting conversation with Bannon and asked him if the rumors of his being a racist were true. He said no. He explained, the same way you are a proud African-American woman, I am a proud white man. What's the difference between my pride and your pride? He asked. I said, hate defines white supremacy. He didn't back down and gave an impassioned defense of the alt-right. End quote. By disingenuously presenting white supremacy and its ideology as nothing more than the collective pride of white individuals, Bannon was dangerously working to normalize these hateful ideologies. As Daniel Byman details in the Brookings article titled Riots, White Supremacy, and Accelerationism, accelerationism posits that white supremacists should accelerate civil disorder to foster polarization that will tear apart the current political order. Accelerationists aim to trigger a series of chain reactions, with violence begetting violence. Within the ensuing cycle, individuals will feel compelled to join the conflict, and when confronted with extremes, moderates will join the side of white supremacy. Literary texts espousing accelerationist theory, such as the Turner Diaries and the Camp of Saints, are critical in fostering American right-wing terrorism. These texts operate as apocalyptic narratives that demonize people of color and create radicalized resentments among white right-wing Americans, mobilizing them to participate in cataclysmic events such as civil wars or terror attacks. Evidence shows that accelerationism, fueled by apocalyptic narratives, has served as a motivating factor for American right-wing terrorism. I perceive accelerationism to be a central cause of American right-wing terrorism that relies on apocalyptic narratives to incite cataclysmic activity. According to Alex Newhouse, Deputy Director of the Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism in the World Affairs Council Monetary Bay article titled Accelerationism, the International Apocalyptic Doctrine that's Unifying the Far Right, accelerationism is not an ideology but rather a strategic framework that can cut across a variety of group ideologies such as white supremacy or misogyny that share a common goal of societal collapse. Newhouse claims that accelerationism is essentially apocalyptic because it relies heavily on the notion of societal collapse and encourages right-wing extremists to engage in, quote, 
apocalyptic societal destruction, end quote. According to Amanda Taub and Katrin Benhold's article in the New York Times titled, From Doomsday Preppers to Doomsday Plotters, for right-wing extremists, the apocalyptic future that they fear is one where the U.S. is no longer majority white, and where the very existence of white Americans is threatened. This fear of an apocalyptic future, where white right-wing extremists cease to hold power, or even exist, mobilizes them to engage in violent cataclysmic activity. In examining terror attacks closely, the link between accelerationism and apocalyptic narrative emerges, as is recounted by Kevin Sack and Alan Blinder in the New York Times article titled No Regrets from Dylan Roof in Jailhouse Manifesto. When Dylan Roof attacked the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015, murdering nine black Americans, his stated goal was to start a race war and send a warning to white Americans that, unless they took violent action, quote, we have no future, end quote. Roof's rhetoric reveals trademark features of apocalyptic accelerationism. His desire to start a race war and his warning to other white Americans speaks to the accelerationist strategy of presenting an apocalyptic future, inciting violent activity that intends to cause societal collapse and hoping that in the upheaval, even moderate white Americans will side with white supremacy. This union of apocalyptic rhetoric and cataclysmic action is quintessential to accelerationism. Certain literary texts operate within the accelerationist framework as vehicles to deliver messaging that both forecasts an apocalyptic future for white-wing Americans and mobilizes them to engage in terroristic activity. As is explained in the ADL article titled, The Turner Diaries, a prominent accelerationist text, The Turner Diaries, written by neo-Nazi leader William Pierce in 1978, has played a significant role in inciting American right-wing terrorism. In fact, Newhouse refers to it as the, quote, white supremacist accelerationist Bible. End quote, and says that when it is used as a reference point, it represents a, quote, huge red flag for the presence of accelerationist thought, end quote. As this ADL article illustrates, the Turner Diaries presents a future perceived by many right-wing Americans to be apocalyptic, in which a government controlled by a Jewish cabal employs the services of black enforcers to invade homes of white Americans and confiscate their firearms. This literary text serves as a vehicle to demonize minorities, create radicalized resentments among white right-wing Americans, fuel their fears of replacement, and incite terroristic activity. According to this ADL article, in the Turner Diaries, a rented truck filled with cases of dynamite and sacks containing a mixture of ammonium nitrate fertilizer and heating oil blew up in front of a federal government building shortly after 9 a.m., killing hundreds of people. This plot was replicated in the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing that killed 168 people. The connection between the Turner Diaries and the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing intensifies when additional details regarding the activities of the bomber, Timothy McVeigh, are examined. The ADL article also highlights how, days before the attack, McVeigh mailed his sister a letter stating, quote, something big is going to happen, end quote, along with an envelope containing clippings from the Turner Diaries. In addition, 
FBI agents found a copy of a passage from the Turner Diaries in the car that McVeigh drove on the day of the Oklahoma City bombing that romanticized the psychological damage caused by terrorist attacks. Many of McVeigh's friends testified that he sent them copies of the Turner Diaries, encouraging them to read it. Trial testimony revealed that McVeigh sold the Turner Diaries at weekend gun shows. It is clear that McVeigh was obsessed with the Turner Diaries, modeling his own terror attack after a terror attack depicted in the text. It is noteworthy that McVeigh sold copies of the Turner Diaries at gun shows, considering that the apocalyptic future envisioned by Pierce is one in which private ownership of guns has been banned. McVeigh is an example of how accelerationism, fueled by apocalyptic narrative, can incite right-wing Americans to take cataclysmic action in the form of terror attacks. More recently, there has been a rise in warnings from conservatives across America of a potential apocalypse. One figure who uses accelerationism and apocalyptic narratives effectively is Bannon, who, according to Beecham, is proficient in accelerationist literature. Bannon uses apocalyptic narratives as a linchpin to his strategy in rousing right-wing sentiment among Americans and mobilizing their resentment into political and even violent action. As Talia Kaplan explains in the Fox News article titled, Steve Bannon, Democrats Want Death and Destruction, in the prologue to the U.S. 2020 presidential election, Bannon warned of a potential apocalyptic future if then-Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden was to be inaugurated as president, asserting that the Democrats, quote, want death and destruction, end quote. Bannon deployed accelerationist messaging and apocalyptic narratives across multiple media platforms, reaching a wide audience of Americans. These apocalyptic warnings by Bannon, in which he demonized Democratic leadership, were taken seriously by a considerable segment of right-wing Americans who recognized the accelerationist undertones of Bannon's apocalyptic warnings. As a result, thousands of Americans felt so threatened by the apocalyptic future of democratic leadership that Bannon was forecasting that they were incited to participate in an attack on the United States Capitol building on January 6, 2021, as was indicated by Alexandra Alter in the New York Times article titled, How the Turner Diaries Incites White Supremacists. As Kevin Johnson illustrates in the USA Today article titled, Steve Bannon heads to contempt trial for defying Jan 6 committee, here's a breakdown of his case. Bannon played a critical role in inciting the January 6th insurrection, declaring on his podcast just one day prior that on January 6th, right-wing Americans would be on, quote, the point of attack, end quote. Whether his audience was consciously aware of it or not, Bannon was conditioning them by dispensing an apocalyptic narrative in the time leading up to January 6th to believe in an accelerationist worldview whereby democratic leadership would bring about so much death and destruction that right-wing Americans would have no choice but to engage in violence against the government in order to save their country from an apocalyptic future. Furthermore, Specific evidence illustrating the influence of the Turner Diaries in the January 6th attack exists as one of the most prominent groups involved in this insurrection, the Proud Boys, posted messages about the Turner Diaries in online messages prior to the attack, as Alter notes. Similarly, shortly before the January 6th insurrection, according to Alter, a man was arrested after posting violent messages that explicitly referenced the Turner Diaries and featured an anti-Semitic threat 
targeting Democratic lawmaker Chuck Schumer, along with a confession about his aspirations to blow up an FBI building. Bannon's messaging strategies showcase the power of coupling accelerationist theory with apocalyptic narrative to bolster right-wing terror. Accelerationism's apocalyptic premise is appealing to American right-wing extremists who feel threatened by the perceived encroachments upon their privileges. Another literary text that successfully espouses accelerationism is The Camp of the Saints, written by Jean Raspail, wherein white Christians are on the cusp of annihilation, as is explored by Paul Blumenthal and J.M. Rieger's article in the Huffington Post titled, This Stunningly Racist French Novel is How Steve Bannon Explains the World. While provocatively alluding to the Crusades, Raspail essentially calls white Christians to take up arms against those who threaten them. Bannon explicitly mentioned the Camp of the Saints in his argument for why the U.S. government should restrict immigration from predominantly Muslim countries. As is documented in the Reuters article titled, U.S. Anti-Muslim Hate Crimes Rose 15% in 2017 Advocacy Group, Consistent with accelerationist theory, the 2017 Muslim travel ban incited violence against Muslim Americans. In 2017, hate crimes targeting Muslim Americans rose by 15%, a disturbing development that the Council on American-Islamic Relations directly attributed to the Muslim travel ban. According to Blumenthal and Rieger, Bannon's accelerationist rhetoric, inspired in part by his affection for the apocalyptic narratives of the Camp of the Saints and the Turner Diaries, inspired him to frame increasing immigration from predominantly Muslim countries as an invasion language that provoked right-wing Americans to respond to Muslims as if they really were invaders. Then-President Donald Trump used inflammatory language, referring to his anti-immigration efforts, including the Muslim travel ban, as a, quote, military operation, end quote. This incendiary rhetoric employed by Trump, who was heavily influenced by Bannon's ideology, reflects how accelerationist messaging is designed to appeal to individuals already harboring racist sentiments and provoke them to engage in violence. Apocalyptic narratives, such as those presented in the Camp of the Saints and parroted by Bannon and then-President Trump, have played a clear role in inciting reactionary right-wing terrorism in America. As Joshua Green analyzes in his excellent book titled Devil's Bargain, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, and the Storming of the Presidency, from his experience at Internet Gaming Entertainment in 2005, and as head of Breitbart News, Bannon was cognizant of his audience's racist and xenophobic proclivities. Using that knowledge, Bannon could confidently use accelerationism to build a political right-wing base by accelerating their already existing racist and xenophobic sentiments into extremist action. By broadcasting an apocalyptic vision of the future that was so catastrophic that they would feel like terrorism was their only viable option. The dangers of accelerationism, enabled by Bannon, remain a prevalent issue to this very day, not only in the United States, but around the world, particularly in Brazil, after its autocratic far-right leader, Jair Bolsonaro, was voted out of office in favor of Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. On Bannon's War Room Pandemic podcast episode, titled Episode 2374, 
protest in Brazil, higher spending, higher inflation, zero accountability from December 14th, 2022. Bannon painted an apocalyptic scenario about the prospects of Lula taking office. Bannon asserted that Lula was an international criminal in league with the Chinese Communist Party and supported by the CIA that was persecuting indigenous communities. If this narrative was not apocalyptic enough for Bannon's listeners, he even went as far as to frame the protests against Lula's election to the presidency of Brazil with incendiary rhetoric, referring to these protests as, quote, the fight for freedom and the, the fight for sovereignty, end quote, and ominously saying that the, quote, supposed, end quote, transition of power between Bolsonaro and Lula quote, might not be so fast, end quote. Similarly, on November 23rd, 2022, Bolsonaro himself posted a video of Bannon praising Bolsonaro's supporters for protesting Lula's election, claiming that the election was stolen through fraudulent means, as is documented on historian and attorney Rob Filipkowski's Twitter page. Bannon was using the same accelerationist rhetoric and tactics that he used to play a role in organizing and inciting the January 6th insurrection. History repeated itself to tragic effect. Much like how Bannon tried to stop the peaceful transfer of power between Trump and Biden, he also tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power between Bolsonaro and Lula. According to Dan Friedman's Mother Jones article titled, Trump's Big Liars Urge Brazil's Bolsonaro to Refuse to Concede, Bannon blatantly stated, quote, Bolsonaro can't concede, end quote, despite knowing that it was provocative and authoritarian statements such as that, which had led to the deadly January 6th insurrection and the fatalities that ensued from it. As Friedman aptly notes, quote, the brazen irresponsibility of these efforts is worth noting. GOP election fraud claims have helped to endanger democracy and the peaceful transfer of power even in the world's oldest constitutional democracy. Brazil escaped a military dictatorship only in 1985. Trump's acolytes, behind a pretense of populism, are messing with potentially fragile democratic institutions at home and abroad, end quote. The fragility of these democratic institutions were seriously tested as a result of the irresponsible election-denying rhetoric of Bannon and his allies in both the United States and Brazil. Elected DNC member and contributor to the Washington Monthly, David Atkins, tweeted on January 8, 2023, quote, we already know that Steve Bannon had active plans to replicate the January 6th insurrection in Brazil. Bolsonaro was in Florida. It's all intentional. This is now what the international fascist ethno-nationalist conspiracy does when it loses elections. End quote. On January 8th, 2023, thousands of Bolsonaro supporters stormed Brazil's government buildings to protest what they believed, falsely, to be a stolen election. As is recounted by Alex Boada, Scott Reinhard, Jack Nikas, Andre Spigariol, 
and Nyla Morgan's article in the New York Times titled, Videos Show How Rioters Stormed Brazil's Capital. Many of the images of the rioters in Brazil storming government buildings were disturbingly reminiscent of those of the insurrectionists from January 6th. In Nikas and Simon Romero's article in the New York Times titled, We Will Die for Brazil, How a Far-Right Mob Tried to Oust Lula, some of the protesters in Brazil's very own insurrectionary riots were interviewed. One of them, Nathaniel S. Vieira, has driven 900 miles to fight against what he claimed to be a communist plot, saying that, quote, We are not here for President Bolsonaro anymore. We are here for our nation, our freedom. Our future is being stolen. You understand? End quote. This is startlingly similar to the rhetoric that Bannon peddled on the War Room Pandemic podcast episode titled Episode 2374, Protest in Brazil, Higher Spending, Higher Inflation, Zero Accountability, from December 14th, 2022, in which Bannon similarly claimed that the efforts to prevent Lula from ascending to power had outgrown Bolsonaro himself, and that this was a fight for freedom and sovereignty against the Chinese Communist Party. Warning about the coming apocalypse has consequences. If the person giving the warning is as prominent and influential a figure as Bannon, the former chief strategist to the President of the United States, whose voice was broadcast by Bolsonaro himself, then people will listen. Regardless of whether someone like Vieira was personally radicalized by Bannon or another one of Bolsonaro's allies, the fact of the matter is that Bolsonaro and his allies were employing accelerationist rhetoric in order to compel those who would listen to them to be wary of Lula's governance of Brazil. Vieira is emblematic of a person who did listen and what they themselves sound like. The United States is often presented as a shining city on a hill in international politics. Being a shining city on a hill often has positive consequences in the ability to have a positive impact on other countries looking to its example for guidance on effective governing strategies. However, being a shining city on the hill also has negative ramifications. The harmful policies and practices enforced in the United States may be replicated in other countries. Being a shining city on a hill carries with it a great deal of responsibility. When a prominent American political figure, who previously served in the White House as a senior advisor such as Bannon, presents accelerationist ideology, it is readily apparent that this responsibility is being squandered. While a plethora of variables are responsible for the uptick in American right-wing terror, I believe that accelerationism is a central cause of American right-wing terrorism due to its compelling reliance on apocalyptic narratives to effectively incite cataclysmic action. Accelerationism, enabled by the likes of Bannon and some of his contemporaries, is rapidly setting the United States up for a violent inflection point. The nation is accelerating towards a collision course. It is up to all of us to counteract the dangerous and vitriolic narratives upon which accelerationism draws its strength to ensure that hopefully, someday, a deceleration lane will emerge. Thank you for listening to Politics with Paxton.
Please follow me on Twitter at PoliticsWPaxton, where you will find all the latest news, updates, and episodes of Politics with Paxton.